0: Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Uncommon Life Project. I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thank you, Julie, for that amazing intro. That'll never go away. Season one, season two, season three, maybe season three. I don't know.
1: Probably not. Season three, we got to mix it up, I think.
0: I don't know. But she's had a long run, Julie. Awesome. Stalwart. So what's different between season one and season two?
1: Let's talk about it. B-Dog. We got some feedback and people want more of us. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, but-, <laughs> but truthfully, we want to do, we've kind of had a cadence of doing one duo cast, three interviews. This season, we're going to do a duo cast, two interviews. So you're going to get twice as much Philip and Brian. I think that's what that means. Let's go with that. And
0: really what we want to do is provide some insight into the more thought process that we have, maybe some reasons behind the thought processes that we have, because we're uncommon, right? And the Uncommon Life Project is just that we are highlighting people that are doing this. Another thing that's going to be a little different in season two is that we are going to try to keep this in within 25 minutes. So it's a little shorter as well. We are on the clock and we are now. I just started that thing. So if you hear an alarm, that's my alarm saying that we need to shut it down. So we're glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the awesome feedback that we've been getting. Man, it's super encouraging. Like when you're doing a podcast, you never know if people are liking it or not. You're just kind of throwing this stuff out there and it's been so positive. So Thank you for that, and uh, kind of something, I mean, we had an amazing first, first season of the podcast, um, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams. In fact, one of our clients even got uh, interviewed by another podcast, which is kind of cool. So, got a lot going on this season. This episode, we wanted to jump right in, since we are on the clock, and start talking about, it seems this epidemic that people fall into this mindset that they have to wait to be um, excited about something or even like retirement, like, oh, I can't wait to do all these things, but I got to wait till I get retired. And we would say that's kind of a flawed system or flawed mindset when what is it that you're excited and passionate to do? You should just start trying to do more of that right now. So that's really the whole premise of our podcast, whole premise of the way that Brian and I practice. And it all stemmed from this time when I was at principal financial group. And when they were training me, they were training me to go talk to people like, what do you want retirement to, to be like or feel like? And then they said, just let them talk as long as you can. Because this is when people get excited. And when they're done talking, then say, well, it's going to cost you X, Y, and Z dollars. Are you willing to do that? And it seemed like that's where the conversation kind of like went away. Because they knew that they couldn't probably put away as much money as they needed to, to be retired. And that's where I thought there was a huge gap in this whole financial planning, financial advising. And if you're super excited about talking about what you want your life to be like later, how about you talk to advisors that you can talk to and you can make that reality happen sooner? If not sooner, right now, like what's stopping you? Is it money? Then let's talk about that. Um, so that's really what this this show is about. Of, I mean, we can even say, stop talking about retirement, start talking about living, right? And if that offends you, uh, I think that the whole premise. Once you start diving in, you'll be like, yeah, why am I not? And because we would say another thing, and I'll let Brian talk because he's way smarter than I am, is that we shouldn't wait to retirement. Um, and we we really do feel like if you are loving what you're doing, you never really want to stop. And if you love what you're doing in retirement, you never really want to stop. In fact, some people say that they're even working harder or they're more busy in retirement because they're loving what they're doing. They just don't feel like they're working.
1: So let's get to that point. Brian Dewhurst, everyone. Good morning. It's kind of a cold, dreary morning here in Ankeny, Iowa. And I love spending Fridays doing our podcasts. Because let's be honest, you don't get a lot done on Fridays, right? <laughs> um, so th- I think this is one of the most valuable things we can do on a Friday. So it's just a fun way to end the week. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic of this podcast, I kind of came home from work one day and kind of unloaded on my wife um, after a meeting. And she's like, this needs to be a podcast. So in unloaded honor of that conversation. Like not yelling, but just Yeah, no, like but just like passionate about this topic. Yeah we we obviously meet with a lot of people and great people doing really fun things, but there's just this common vein that we do hear a lot of that they're putting things off or they don't have something right now that would change their life. And I've even been a victim to this mindset, Phil could attest probably more so than most. Um, and so it's just like, and we're gonna get into this on another episode, So I don't want to hit that one now, but I think there's, there's, you really only have two types of money now, money or later money. And when we meet with people, you know, Philip does such an amazing job of getting people kind of to open up and really visualize what it is they want and their goals. And wouldn't you say, Philip, that most of what everybody says is within one to three years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Because that's really the, like what their mind can think of, right? Right.
1: Yeah. It's a trip, pay off a car, they want a new house, they're not happy in their job. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff that's right in front of you. But yet, you know, Phillip's training at principal, my training over the years, all of what seems like a lot of the predominant factor in this whole financial planning is when you retire. Like, And because of the way the government has set up all these rules with retirement plans and social security and just all of it, taxes, it's all based on 60 and up. Mm -hmm. And really, there's a lot of life to live before 60. And we're not guaranteed 60, right? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so it's this focus that I think we do really well is we help people not only flush out what they want their life to be like right now, but then we help them organize their capital or their money to facilitate those decisions where they don't feel like they're stealing from their future. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's a big part of season one in the seven sources of residual income and making money in different ways, monetizing your passions. And so in that, when you actually solve for today and you're diligent and you have multiple streams of income and you're happier, you're going to make more money and it's going to take care of Tomorrow and the future, and the what if. And so that's kind of the premise to the show. We don't have many points in this, honestly, other than to like just implore you to like, what do you want your life to be like? And then I think it's a matter of, you know, some of the data is suggesting that, you know, the average person, um, we call it graduating when they pass away, they pass away within seven to eight years after retirement. And so if that number is 65 for you, you know, you're looking at 73, 74 on average and it's over mm. and that's crazy. And so not only that, I think too, there's a spiritual component of like God has designed us each in a unique way. And that's why we've keyed in so much on our brand with the uncommon. And we all have something inside us that we are supposed to share. Like we have an obligation to tap into that. And it's scary because then it's like, oh, I don't want to feel rejected or let down or what if people don't like me? And so In that, that's what I think this show is about, is you need to embrace that and then invest in it. And um, it's a process and we want to walk with people in that process. You know, let's go back to that
0: point because it is a point that we do communicate with people after seven years. It seems statistically that people graduate um, after they retire. And what I would say in that is it seems like that number is true if they sit on the couch or they just start thinking about themselves or doing things that really, that's what they always thought they had to do or Mm -hmm. that's always the thought that they thought that they were going to love to do. (laughs) It seems like they kind of emotionally check out a little Mm -hmm. bit. And what I've seen and the statistic changed drastically is when people start being engaged of what they love to do and what God has always wanted them to do and gifted them to do, that seven years is like poof, gone. Like it, poof, gone. Yeah, like it doesn't even have anything to do with the years. It seemed like they're finally living their life. Um, and really, here's, here's the conundrum, right? Everyone wants to make sure that they have cash flow to cover their base needs. And when mm-hmm. you do that, then you can focus on what they really want to do every day. Right, and mm-hmm. they get excited about, but they're not worried about that day-to-day cash flow. Well, let's be honest; that's pretty much the entrepreneurial's uh, dilemma. Of if I had pa- if I had cash flow, man, I think I could make more cash flow by doing what I love to do and helping way more people.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: people that are uh, have time freedom feel like they can get money faster because they just absolutely love what they're doing. And some people that retire like the traditional way. Find their stride. I would think of my aunt, Rayma. She mm-hmm. found her stride and just went to Africa for the second time. Uh, and it's, that is what she's passionate about. I've never seen her so alive. And she never knew that when she was working the nine to five cause it just wasn't unlocked. Mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, that have that statistic just never unlock that or never feel like they have that vision or excitement or risk tolerance to try something new. But when they do, it's just like the whole world opens up and not one person has ever said to us, uh, oh, I wish I never would have done that sooner. You know, they all mm-hmm. say, I wish I would have done that sooner.
1: So, it's interesting. I'm going to pivot here, uh, outside. We kind of do a little outline for these. Um, but I'm going to go outside the outline. So we recently had a conversation with a gentleman uh, and he was just talking about like, man, I'm working to the bone. They, they grind me. The grind is getting harder. Mm. But then when I'm out of work, it's like all of my free time is planned out. Kids, chores, Mm. you know, social engagements. He's like, I really haven't built in that bandwidth or latitude to just take a day to myself and think, and, and we echoed this in that moment of the podcast we did with Caleb Walsh last year, uh, how he was in that rat race. And he couldn't even think of a way out because he was just, every day was book solid. Mm. And when he was able to finally get away with his wife, they had the vision to get the real estate and to scale. And that was really the the first step is to just be able to visualize something different. And now he's on a whole different path. And so I think too, in that, what are you going to do this year or this week or this month to really take time to yourself or you and your spouse and really think about what you want your life to be like and to just pause and to mm. not feel like you got to do something around the house or go out with another couple or you know, perform, mm. but just to stop and be silent and be still and to really think about where you're at and where you're going. And is it exciting to you?
0: Yeah, focus on yourself for a second. When are you going to do that? Because the reason why the stewardess gets on the plane and says, if the oxygen mask comes on or comes out of the ceiling, you put yours on first because they know if you're unconscious, you're not helping anybody else. Mm -hmm. But if you can really do the things that seems kind of selfish at first, if you can do that and keep yourself healthy and start really putting some focus on you and keeping your health uh, up. You can help a lot more people. So.
1: And, I, and I think that is the perfect leading into the other point, you know, in our outline, we're back on the outline Woo. that, you know, a lot of people are just burnt out and self-care is the new healthcare. And when you're not doing things that you're passionate about and that give you purpose and that you're purposeful and intentional in, you're going to burn out emotionally, physically, um, you know, financially, potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's what we do a lot of times. We meet with people and it's really, you know, you, you do a great job of getting them to open up. Well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I, and then really it's just about like, well, how much would that cost? Well, mm-hmm. it's only, it's never, you know, it's never as much money as they think it is. And then it's like, well, how long would it take you to put that type of money together? Or you may already have that money put together. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think we help people align those goals and prioritize. And then it's like, oh, I have the resources to do a lot of this stuff right now and it was just giving them permission to access their capital or their cash flow to structure it in a different way. That it's like, Oh, okay, I can do that in the next six months. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem so ethereal or far away. And mm-hmm. I think the other point that, you know, we wanted to highlight, you know, one of the gentlemen that we learned from initially with our uncommon banking strategy is Nelson Nash, uh, who's kind of the, you know, founder or whatever kind of the, created the term uh, infinite banking and trademarked that, um, you know, and we went to hear him speak and I think he was like 83 at the time or 85. Totally had a diaper on. Probably had a diaper it's on. Very but, true. Man, yeah. This dude, this dude went hard for what? Like seven hours? Yeah. Seven with, hours. With like and one lunch break? Pretty much told, told to have lunch break. Like right. he was just going, going it was just amazing to watch. And the, I think the cool thing was too, is his family was there. His, his son-in-law's, you know, running the business. His I think niece was there helping organize the event. And, um, he was just in his sweet spot. I mean, he was Man. doing what God Man. called him to do. And, <laughs> so cool. And, um, you know, even the, even the, some of the guests that we talked to, I think of like Drew McClellan, um, Mark Stanley, which I think Adam is up by, Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to stop doing this because this is what I was designed to do. You know, I could do this into my seventies or eighties. I might play more golf or take more trips, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way. I mean, it's, I've been really thinking about you and I over the next 30 to 40 years. It's like, I just don't see myself wanting to stop pouring into people and thinking about business and scaling things and meeting people where they're at and, you know, being used by God to, to help people push into that space that's just uniquely theirs. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, and the kind of the final points that we had, you know, for today, I, I think of like, you know, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska uh, with Warren Buffett, right? You know, probably one of the most acclaimed investors, business owners. And, uh, you know, he's well into his 80s now. Charlie Munger, his business partner, CFO, I think is almost 90. He's like 89 right now. And they're still running this company. And I think, you know, it's funny, Warren drinks like a Coke a day. He owns Dairy Queen, eats ice cream twice a week, loves Burger King, you know, and it's like, but he's, he's got a purpose and he's got a vision and he's got a mission. And so I think that is what is going to sustain you. And what we're trying to say is like, why would you prolong that? There's Mm -hmm. nothing in the Bible that says, well, in 20 years, your life's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And you've got to organize your money, your now money to help support those goals.
0: Man, I've said this all the time, but think about just your, your commute to work this morning, looking left and looking right and looking at other little robots going to their desk job, hating their life. Like there is something that is so attractive about watching someone who is passionate, enthusiastic, and energetic. Like you gravitate to them. And not only do you gravitate to them, when you're there, you feel energized, enthusiastic, motivated, all this stuff. And I just feel like that whole, whatever that is, the secret sauce is lost. Um, And for whatever reason, we probably can talk through all those, but for whatever reason it has been lost. And so if you can get that fire into your life and excited, enthusiastic, you are going to attract many people because they just don't have that. So it's, it's a powerful way to think about things. It's not time-based. It's not anything like that. It's like, no, no, no. Stop being a victim and start being a victor of things and Mm -hmm. start taking this mindset and start shifting your mindset. And it's not like till you're 60, back to my principal days of after we've talked for a long time, then, okay, give me all your money and then I'll make those dreams come true. Like when you're 60, Mm -hmm. which is so off. A lot of their goals are like, I want to adopt. Well, then why are you putting like, why are you putting all that money in the 401k right now when, when adoption is actually something that's pretty drastically different than what you're doing now? And it's going to be way more impactful. Uh, So there's a lot of things that we can talk about here. I would ask you this, B-Dog, who is this for? What age is this kind of mindset for? Everybody.
1: Exactly. I think I think I was thinking about that before we started recording. This podcast is really like, if you're 55, those are like 55 to 60, that five-year window has got to be one of the hardest windows yes. in life if you're not doing what you're passionate about. Because you've probably put into a retirement plan for 20, 30 years. You're still not 60 the handcuffs, you know, you call them golden handcuffs, your income, your benefits, all that wonderful stuff is probably keeping you trapped. Mm. And you don't have enough independent wealth outside of that retirement plan to feel like you can pivot or quit or slow down. Yeah. And social security is seven years away. And man, that's got to feel trapped. And we meet a lot of people in that vein. Do you, you know? know why I think it's
0: the most trapped that people can feel if they could really express their emotions is because they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they mm-hmm. don't know if they want to change anything that they've done in the past
1: mm, 30 years, because it's there. Scary. They it's scary. It. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. buddy. And, but this mindset is like what we want to get to and, and what I think we're so excited about I kind of want to tease this out, but we are looking at launching a new business. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And we're partnering with a gentleman who's in his mid to late fifties, loves what he does, but has assets outside of his you know career. And it's so neat to like, watch him come to life of like, yeah, let's just start this new venture. And I was telling, you know, I was talking to Megan, my wife about like, We've had this idea for almost a decade. Yeah. And and Brian and I. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're launching it and partnering with another individual. And the yoke is light. And it's just like God has put the pieces together. And it's just like watching him in his mid-50s, like start something totally from scratch. And he's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> you know, of not being afraid of that next chapter at the stage of life that he's at has just been so neat to watch and come to life. And so I, I think of like Colonel Sanders, you know, launching KFC Chicken. And I think he was in his mid-60s when he started that after he had a career and money saved up and he did love fried chicken and he had an amazing recipe, right? Yeah. And there's obviously a lot more to that story, but I think it's it's not being closed off to that new chapter that God's calling you to whether you're in your mid sixties or mid fifties or your mid twenties um, mm. it is a mindset um, that wanna, I think we want people to, to have. Yeah. You want to talk
0: about a legacy to give to your kids. I just talked to somebody at my church and he's like, I want you me and my son to get together. And I want you to talk to him about investing. <laughs> and he's one of the hardest workers that you'll ever meet. This is the dad talking about his son and he has some, uh, some money that he wants to put aside and he wants to invest in it or invest in something. And, you know, he he's looking at me like a financial advisor and I'm like, Hey, I got an idea. Like, let's teach him to not only keep working hard, but let's keep working more efficient and let's have a different mindset where he can create a business where he is imploring and em- employing individuals uh, underneath him to have the same work ethic that he does and be more missional mindset instead of just putting your money in like some stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, like let's have him have a different mind shift because I would say my parents are amazing and my dad and mother are so hardworking. I just wish they would have helped me have this mindset earlier because my mindset's always like, I got to work harder. I got to work harder. Um, And what I was trying to tell this individual at church was like, let's start instilling this type of value in your child early. And so he doesn't always feel like he has to rely on himself to work harder. He can work smarter. And while doing that, you can impact way more people and get way more motivated. And yes, the hard work is a discipline that is so desirable. But if you continue to do it by yourself, you hit this wall of you're changing your time for widgets, as Brian and I
1: say. Yeah, and I think, you know, so many things come to mind on this. (laughs) Wow. It's, I think what we're trying to help people with is like, because we work with a lot of people with an amazing work ethic, honestly. Totally. Know? And it's that everybody is training you, then you start making a profit from that hard work, and then you put it in the stock market, and you don't really learn anything. And then most of the times that money's geared towards you're 60 and older. Mm-hmm. Where as if, you know, and like kind of this thing you're sharing with this, this younger son is like, how could you take that work ethic and pair another income stream with that passion yes that starts now and then he's not trapped into working hard for 40 years he he can start to see his money work for him immediately and something that and the other thing i'd say is like when you look at financial planning and you look at passive residual income the stock market is one of the worst places to get it <laughs> like when you look at the cash flow off of like owning a rental property or like an eightplex versus putting that money in the stock market. I mean, it's night and day of the return that you're going to get versus like an eightplex plex and, and having that money in the stock market.
0: Hey, we got two and a half minutes and I really want to hit on something. I'm so sorry to just jump
1: off no, track. It's good. Okay.
0: So I want to talk about the retirement mindset of how s- when people get to this retirement, they think they have this set asset that they have to make sure it, it grows and or or stays the same, or make sure they have enough until the day they hit the the ground and they
1: re, they retire or the graduate. Yeah. So let's talk about that quick. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is maybe the bigger <laughs> the biggest part of the soapbox I had on this thing. <laughs> so we meet. I guess I keep saying this, but we meet with a lot of people, and so we just we hear common things. And it's this idea that you hit this finish line of retirement, and it's kind of like. Okay, here's my statements. This is all that I got. I, this better work. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And they they're giving up that productivity mindset because they're done working for money. Mm-hmm. But they've a lot of people haven't ventured into like the mindset of getting your money and assets to work for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's fine. Obviously, we help people retire. We help them generate you know income in retirement, and that's a big part of what we do day to day. But that mindset of like, I'm done. There's nothing else for me to produce, I think is really dangerous, really dangerous. And and that comes back to the Colonel Sanders mindset that comes back to, you know, your Aunt Rayma getting just totally turned on to the Lord and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Warren Buffett killing it when he's 80. That mindset of like, I'm not done yet. And maybe that isn't totally just like generating or starting a business. We're not saying that. But using your gifts and talents and your passion to continue to pour into other people, to, you know, donate your time, whatever it is that you're not just sitting on the couch watching TV or, you know, isolating mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You're you're being connected and you're pushing something that is inside of you. I think that's kind of the message we want people to get. But not viewing your resources as fixed once you retire. Like there's still opportunity and there's still things you could do. And I think you even talked about this with some of the research you've done. You know, it's this idea that when you retire because you are done producing, you should take less risk. We think it's actually the opposite. You should be taking more risk in retirement because you got the cash flow. Yeah. You have the cash flow. You're out of debt. And not only that, but you have wisdom. Like you've worked for 40 years. You've seen things you've seen economic cycles. You've seen real estate trends. You've seen different things in the industry. In. Um, and so, it's actually the, like you should be doing the opposite. That's the take alarm, the
0: everyone. That's the 25-minute yeah. alarm. Obviously, we, like Brian and I are it. super passionate about this. You can hear it in our voices. Here's the bottom line. It's mindset over money. <laughs> and when you have that mindset, you take control of things in their future. Um, obviously, there's some variables in there as well. So, But that's really the thing. like Take control of what you can control. Uh, and let people like Brian and I help you kind of change your mindset. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Tune in uh, every episode if you'd like what we're hearing. In fact, you know what? Send this on, forward this on to even your parents. If this is a refreshing mindset that sometimes it it takes just to kind of get you out of your funk. Um, Yeah, we love what we do. We're with the Uncommon Wealth Partners. You've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip
1: Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Send us out, Julie. Thank you.
0: That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an
1: uncommon life.